Welcome to the third installment of the Satori Lifestyle. My name is Dave Kovar and I appreciate you tuning in. So this podcast is titled The Five Questions. And the premise here is, is uh, this actually stemmed from a, uh, a sage that lived in the first century by the name of Benzoma. And not all these questions come from him. I added a, a one to the mix. He actually had four questions. But the whole idea was is that uh, uh, Benzoma felt like if you could answer these questions correctly, you were living the ultimate life, right? And I think they're just as relevant today as they were 2,000 years ago. And I, I'm going to go through those questions with with you, and then we're going to talk about each one in detail. So the questions are, who is a mighty person? Who is a rich person? Who is a wise person? Who is a brave person? And who is an honored person? And uh, basically, how you answer this really determines if you're, if you're moving in the right direction, in my mind. So I don't know about you, but I have uh, bumped into old friends that I grew up with, and great people, maybe hardworking people, but many times they haven't grown uh, at all since they graduated from high school, right? Now, of course, a, a lot of them have gone to do great things, and others have, have been really living on purpose. And, but there's others that just kind of are, uh, man, that they haven't matured a bit since they, they've got a lot, maybe instead of having 30 years of life experience, they have one year of experience that they've repeated 30 times, okay? So it's really about what can you do, not to be the best, but be better than you were yesterday and better than you were a year ago. And this is where these five questions really come into play. So I want to share with you how I use these questions uh, in my own life to kind of make sure that I'm doing my best, I'm striving my best to evolve. Now, sometimes I get it right, sometimes I don't, but I'd like to think that I'm a little further along than I was five years ago, right? And so The very first one is, who is a mighty person? And the answer to that is, one who has control of their emotions and can make friends of their enemies. I want to say that again. One who has control of their emotions and can make friends of their enemies. Let me explain what I mean by that, all right? So first and foremost, you all know somebody with a short temper, somebody that, you know, just goes off at the, at the, at the slightest thing. And, and chances are, uh, you know, sometimes, I know when I was younger, I'd see someone get really angry, upset, easy. I would go, oh, man, that's a, that's a scary guy. Like, that was power, right? Actually, the reverse is true. You know, somebody that can't control their emotions, they're obviously way more likely to say new stuff they might regret later on. And we We've all done it, myself included, okay? We've, in the moments of, you know, of uh, emotion, maybe being angry or upset, we said or did something that later on that we've regretted doing, right? And, and so I think there's a great analogy about, you, uh, about uh, you take a hammer and you, and you take a nail and you pound it into a wall. That's maybe saying something uh, that you wish you wouldn't have said to somebody in, angry, in anger. And you can, you can apologize. That's pulling the nail out. But what happens? There's still a hole in the wall, right? Uh, so the first thing, who is a mighty person, one who has control of their emotions, is the ability. But that doesn't mean you don't get angry. That doesn't mean you don't uh, become afraid or, or, or maybe emotionally low. It's, it, you can't always control how you feel, but you can always control how you respond. And one time, one of the gentlemen that I look up to in my life is a gentleman named Dan Millman. Many of you guys may have heard of him. He wrote a great book called The Way the Peaceful Warrior Changed My Life. It's a great book. It's still a great read. And... Um, uh, by the way, it was a, later on it was a movie with Nick Nolte, a really good movie, but a really cool guy. Well, one time years ago, I had the privilege, I'd, I've been to several of his seminars, but I had the privilege of doing a, a beach cleanup for Tom Callis' Ultimate Black Belt Test in San Francisco. And uh, Mr. Millen showed up and spent the day with us, and I got to share a garbage bag with him on the beach 
for two or three hours and I got to just ask him questions as we were cleaning up and I was like a kid in a candy store and I'll never forget something I told him I go I go you know I go I got this great life I, you know I have a career that I love my I, I have this great family I've got a lot of friends uh, I've got my health and everything's going right to me I just get so mad that I you know I'm not always happy sometimes I'm really down and low and ah, man I shouldn't do it I know it and he stopped and he looked at me and he said time out Dave he goes Never apologize for the emotion which you're experiencing, okay? Acknowledge and accept the emotion you're experiencing. And I thought that was interesting. It says, you know, but just let it pass. It's not what you say. It's what you do. And that really stuck with me. And so uh, having control of your emotions, once again, doesn't mean that you don't get angry. It just means when you get angry, you keep yourself from doing something you might regret later on. And it's the same thing that, you know, we teach. If you're a teacher, this is what you might teach your kids or we teach our, 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 our own kids or maybe something your parents told you, uh, told you is take a deep breath, right? The key, one of the key things is, is, is understand that uh, there's a great quote that goes like this. Never make an important decision when you're angry or upset. It's like letting a coward lead your army, right? So when you're, man, not at your best, if you're, you're angry or afraid, that's when you're uh, mindful of what you say and your actions, okay? So that's the first part of that. So having emotional control. I'm, I travel a lot. Uh, uh, sometimes as many is 100 days a year, and I am in a lot of planes often. As a matter of fact, I'm doing this uh, podcast from my hotel room. I'm currently in Surfer's Paradise in Australia at a EFC convention, and I've had a day of doing seminars, and I'm uh, just kind of at dinner break, and I'm going to go back down a little bit later, so I thought I'd sneak this in. But So, you know, I spend a lot of time in planes and in airports, and I'm blown away. I'm amazed by how many people uh, will, like, let's say there's bad weather, and uh, uh, what do you know, the, 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 all, the whole airport has been uh, closed for, for, the, for the next several hours, and you've got people that are getting angry at the gate attendant like they had something to do with it. It, right? So uh, the bottom line is we see it all the time. So th- what I try to do is, like I said, sometimes I may get angry just like everybody else, but I'm doing my best not to say or do things that I'm going to regret later on. So the second half uh, of a mighty person is who and who can make friends of their enemies. Making friends of their enemies. What do we mean? Well, first off, it can be literally making friends of your enemies. You know, uh, it's important to understand it's way better to have friends than enemies. Okay, you guys have all heard the line, "Keep your friends close and your enemies closer." Well, the the bottom line is is that uh, it's always better to have people that are on your side than not. And and uh, one of the key things that I think that is important is sometimes if you're uh, meeting somebody for the first time, there there kind of tends to be sometimes a a little bit of a one upsmanship. You know. Uh, uh, like one time I caught myself, someone's talking about their, their three-day vacation to Southern California, and I couldn't help myself, man. I had to tell them about my week-long trip to Hawaii, right? Like it's kind of like this one-up thing that, that I uh, catch myself doing. Chances are you have occasionally as well. So one of the things that I try to do is I try to really, when someone's proud or excited about something they're doing, I just try to listen and I try to bite my tongue and not one-up them. Right, uh, we call it don't be in a one upper, right? Uh, but the other thing about this is, is that literally, uh, there's a, I, I do a, a demonstration when I'm when doing seminars to talk about the importance of of what you bring, the energy you bring into a room. I want you to imagine for a second that you and I are standing facing each other, and all of a sudden, out of the blue, I step and I put my guard up in a very aggressive fashion. Chances are you're going to respond by stepping back or maybe towards me and put your guard up as well right? So that's scenario number one. Scenario number two is uh, I put my hand out in friendship for a handshake. Chances are really good. You're going to put your hand back out and you're going to shake hands. Now, both those are those are very instinctive and very reactive. But here's the third scenario. You put your guard up, 
Boom. And instead of me putting my guard up, I put my hand out. And I've done this drill a thousand times. And what always happens, the person with the guard up kind of looks at me and then puts their hand out and shake hands. Well, the difference is, is that third one, what I'm doing, we've all had this happen. We've all gone into a room where... Uh, you walk in the room and you can almost feel the tension in the room, right? And everybody's kind of got their guard up, maybe not physically, but emotionally. And what is our tendency to do, right? Our tendency is to put our guard up as well. We've also gone into a room where everybody's friendly and gregarious. And what do we do? We, we tend to be the same way. But here's the key, man. A mighty person is someone that can go into a room where you can feel the, t- the tension, but you don't put your guard up, you put your hand out. Okay, you try to make peace with the situation. So that's one application of this. Okay, and it's amazing when you do that how much you can disarm the other person. The other interpretation of making friends of enemies is is taking a, making the best of a bad situation. There's a samurai maxim, and it goes like this: bloom or planted. And the concept with bloom or planted is 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 that you know wherever you happen to be planted, you're going to make the best of that situation. Uh, one of my my uh, Yaido and Kabuto teachers, Shion Makayonish Yuchi, and so much of the things that I share on on this podcast, I really got it from him. He's like a real life samurai, right? And uh, uh, you know, one of the things that that he says is, "Be like a weed." What do you mean, be like a weed? I didn't say be like weed, by the way. I said be like a weed. And what that means is, is where you know, weed, man, you know, wherever it planted, it grows. And if someone steps on it, what it does, it just grows back up again. Doesn't complain about it. It just does its best. And so, uh, you know, a classic example would just, let's say you are a basketball player and, you know, you are right-handed and all of a sudden, what do you know, man, in the game, you break your right hand. That's a bad thing, right? Certainly it can be. But making friends of your enemies would mean what I can do is I can take this time now and I can work on dribbling with my left, shooting with my left. You guys get the idea. It's it's making the best of a bad situation. So that's number one. Who is a, a mighty person? One who has control of their emotions and can make friends of their enemies. Moving on, the second one, who is a rich person? And the answer to who is a rich person is one who appreciates all they have. Let me say that again, one who appreciates all they have. You know, uh, this is uh, something that I think is really amazing. You know, if you, uh, if you take somebody, they say that, that everybody's got a happiness quotient, right? Let's say on a scale from 1 to 10, wherever you came into the world, 10 being in a state of bliss all the time, 1 being depressed or angry all the time. They say that most people come in into the world maybe at a, at a 5, 6, 7, right in that range. But all of us, based on our education and our environment, have the ability to move that up or down two or three points. So even if you came into the world kind of at a at, on a level two or three, that's your natural in, inclination. With some work, you can get that score up dramatically, right? Uh, and, and if you if you know if you do it on purpose, and so the whole idea with uh, someone who appreciates all they have is is to understand that they've they've also done studies where they've taken people that have won the lottery, right? And what do you know, man? After that initial like that state of uh, you know awe and bliss that someone experiences, you know a few months later their happiness quotient is where it was before they won the lottery. And the reverse thing is true too. Somebody suffers a catastrophic accident and maybe they lose their ability to walk. And of course, the initially, man, you know, their 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 happiness quotient goes down dramatically, but after a year or so, it settles in to be where it was before. Because what happens, we kind of, it's the law of familiarity, right? And so the key thing for us is 
being a rich person is to appreciate all they have. It's it's very cliche, but that is is to really express and practice an attitude of gratitude. Because there's chances are ninety seven percent of your life is going exactly like you like it. The only thing is sometimes we focus on the three percent that isn't right, right? And so I think uh, one of the, the one of the key things for me that I try to do is is I try to to build in time to where I can just be in the moment and appreciate where I'm at, right? Having gratitude rituals, right? I'm reminded of. Uh, Tony Robbins uh, uh, morning questions and you know and, and what it, what is is it, and when, when it has to do with the morning questions are you know what am I most proud of right now and you really think through that what am I most grateful for what am I most excited and the whole idea to do is to ask yourself those questions in a fully associated state so you can really feel that and that can't help but transform you okay so one of those things is wherever you are uh, more is not going to make it better it doesn't mean you shouldn't strive for more but understand you know you don't wait to be happy right you don't wait to be rich it's something that you you just it's a decision that you decide to make and by the way uh, it doesn't mean that you don't have down times it just means that overall man you're appreciative of of what you have and you know a few years back my son and I uh, we spent a couple weeks in Nepal and we worked with a a martial arts organization over there and we we actually worked with a bunch of at-risk kids. And by the way, in Nepal, there's lots of at-risk kids. There's lots of homeless kids. And, and the organization, uh, I believe, is the Nepali Karate Federation. And, and it was uh, headed up by a gentleman named Guru Dan Jising, and a really good guy. And uh, in, in the process of this, man, we, we got to meet all these people uh, that, that absolutely have nothing. And, you know, I've been to uh, uh, poor countries before, uh, but this was something I'd never experienced. It was like uh, uh, just incredible uh, to see how little so many of these people had, but yet how happy they were, right? And it was a reminder that more stuff doesn't make us wealthy. It's appreciating what we have. And we all know this. It's cliche, but every now and then, man, uh, it's important to remember. So I'd strongly, this is a great question to ask yourself, who's a rich person, one who appreciates all they have, and to take a little time just to appreciate your health. You know, it's interesting, as a martial arts instructor, and I've been training hard for years and years, I've had my share of injuries, and uh, there's been plenty of times when I thundered, I wondered if I'm ever going to be able to train again, or is my leg, am I ever going to kick again since I hurt my knee or my shoulder, whatever it might be. And I'm always amazed by... Uh, the best part about getting sick, right, or injured is when you get better, how much I appreciate it. I'm re- uh, uh, being healthy like before I didn't. There's a story that I heard from Wayne Dyer, and it's a, and the story basically goes, this grandmother is walking her grandson on the beach, and he's this uh, four-year-old young boy, and they're walking along, and, and all of a sudden this big wave comes over, both and takes grand and and he she loses control of his hand and it takes her grandson this big wave takes her uh, uh, takes her grandson out to sea, and oh man she's obviously clearly distraught and upset and she gets on her hands and knees and she prays she goes oh please. Uh, dear Lord, if you know, if I'll do anything. Just please bring my grandson back. I'll never ask for anything ever again. And and what do you know? The next big wave comes. Grandson comes crashing into the shore, coughing and spitting, and wakes up and he's totally okay. And uh, the grandmother gives him a big hug and then looks up and says, uh, "God, he was wearing a hat." Right. In other words, sometimes, man, you know, we 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 forget how lucky we are, how good it feels to feel good until we don't. So I would I would remind you, man, you have to take a second and just to be appreciative of what you have. Okay, moving on to the next one. All right. So we have who is a mighty person. Second one is who is a rich person. The third one, who is a wise person? Who is a wise person? The answer is one who learns from everyone. 
Okay, uh, I've been teaching martial arts uh, uh, since the mid-70s. It's really all I've ever done, and I'm pretty good at it. I've been doing it a while. I've taught thousands of hours of TA instruction, and I, I tell you what, every now and then, if I don't watch it, uh, if, if I'm not open and receptive, I miss all these opportunities to learn, even you know, even from someone young. And so what I try to do is, is, is by the way, you're always combating your ego, right? So you're out there on the floor and you think, I've been doing this a long time. I have all the answers until some seven-year-old shows you how he remembers a move. And you go, wow, that's amazing, right? And so the whole idea is, is of course, the biggest room in, in the house is the room for improvement, right? And yet it's very cliche again, you know, the mind works best when it's open like a parachute, right? And so so the key thing, and I, I know in my profession, I, I've been running a martial arts school for a long time, and I have the tendency to sometimes when I hear ideas, I, I kind of think, oh yeah, I tried that. Oh yeah, I remember doing that back then. But I have to stop myself. And I go, wait a minute. Man, I got to learn from everyone. It doesn't matter if they, they've been doing it less time than me. And this weekend at this seminar, there was a couple things I picked up today some, from some really young people uh, about classroom, you know, how to run the classroom a little more efficiently, and also some really good business ideas uh, that I picked up from guys that have been doing this for just a couple of years because they have this really incredibly open uh, um, viewpoint on things. And, uh, and so it's just a reminder, man, you know, try to learn from everyone. Uh, and when you do that, when you're looking for opportunities, uh, man, great stuff will happen. Uh, there's a gentleman that, that was uh, really popular in the 70s. His name was Leo Biscaglia. And he was, I believe, a college professor, but they called him the love doctor. And he had a show actually on PBS for a while. But, you know, he, uh, what he said was, is that uh, when he was, what, what got, he had this insatiable appetite to learn and, 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 and to, to, to grow and improve. And, and one of the things that he said happened was, is when he was a, a, a young boy, his dad at that dinner table every night would say, what did you learn today, Leo? And if he didn't have an answer, he got in trouble. So what he ended up having to do was like every day, right before dinner, he'd realize, okay, what did I learn at school today? What did I learn? Or if he couldn't think of something, he would go to the dictionary and he'd open up the dictionary and he'd memorize a word. So when his dad said, you know, what did you learn today? He had something to tell him. Well, what this did is this proved to be a lifelong habit. So he spent his day always looking for opportunities, looking for growth. And I think a great evening ritual if you were so decide to add it to your arsenal, would be at the end of the day to think two questions. You know, what did I learn and how did I contribute? Okay, what did I learn today, right? Chances are if you ask yourself that question, you're going to think of something. And then the good news is, is that uh, if you didn't learn something today, you're going to have to learn that lesson eventually. We've all had that happen. We didn't learn the first time. We, you know, we, we touched our, our hand on the hot stove and, and we tried it again the next day until we realized, oh, hot stove, I better not put my hand on it. You know, I'm going to keep repeating the same thing. So at the end of the day, once again, just kind of analyzing, what did I learn today? And the, the other question along with that is how did I contribute? And more about that later. You know, you know how did I give? What did I give? How did I help others, right? Okay, so... Let's go back and reviews. First one, who's a mighty person? Second one is who's a rich person? Third one, who's a wise person? We have two more. Okay. The next one, who is a brave person? And the answer to that is who's a brave person is one who is smart enough to be afraid but takes action anyway. Let me say that again. One who is smart enough to be afraid but takes action energy anyway. And so the concept with this is is that I'm going to liken it to like uh, once again my profession of teaching martial arts. Hey man, I'm out there on the floor. For, exa for example, today I was working with uh, school owners everywhere and instructors anywhere from teenagers to people who have been doing this for a long time. And they're sitting in my session and, they, and you know what? That's kind of scary to know there's a room full of people that are, 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 you know, are listening to you. That kind of puts you on the spot, right? But 
I do it anyway. And that's the whole concept. It's, it's you know, a true, true courage is not fearlessness. It's overcoming fear. Let me say that again. True courage is not fearlessness. It's overcoming fear. So the whole key thing about being a brave person is it's not that you're not ever afraid. It's just that you take action despite of that fear. And how do you do that? Man, easy to say. This is something you all know, but it's hard to do is you face your fears. You find things, little things that maybe you're fearful of, and you address them head on. And, and that's... That's how you build your, your threshold. For example, for many people, uh, public speaking. Man, that's a scary thing. So if you're afraid to speak in public, what should you do? Find a place to speak in public. And all of a sudden, you combat that fear. You know, uh, I'm a big fan of martial arts, right? Obviously. Uh, but you know, one of the things is that I think it's so good is that so many people are, are, you know, are, are fearful of contact or fearful of a, a confrontation. So what's the best thing you do? Practice confrontation or practice sparring or grappling because what that is, it's a way you can address your fear head on. Um, my, my friend, uh, uh, Ken Pankowitz, is a, a friend of mine that runs a school in, in outside of London. And he, just a couple of weeks ago, uh, he was uh, is afraid of heights. What does he do? He goes to uh, Norway and he goes through a, a, a several-day-long ice Climbing, so, uh, uh, so where he's got picks and crampons, and he's going up the side of the mountain. Why? Because he's afraid of heights, and he wants to get over it, right? And it's amazing how powerful that is. And and usually when we face our fears, they're not near as big as as they would otherwise. So I'd strongly encourage you, man, to consider that. What things? Now, by the way, there's some things that it's really good to be afraid of, right? Like it's it's good to be afraid of heavy traffic. And yeah, what what the heck? I don't care. I'm going to run across that street. No, man. There's yeah, fear is a good thing. Okay, but uh, the right kind of fear, it also can be really debilitating. So the trick is to know the difference, right? Like, for example, if you are, uh, you know, I'm looking out my window right now. I'm on the ninth story of a probably a 20-story building, and nine stories is pretty high. What is that, 100 feet thereabouts? And the next building is 100 yards over. Let's imagine that there was a, uh, a, a platform that was six inches wide for going from one building to another, Okay. Man, I'd be afraid to do that, but that's a good kind of fear because that's going to keep me from you know doing something stupid, as you know going out on the, on that on that ledge, right? And but the other kind of fear, man, where where you know you know it's mostly in your head. That's the kind of stuff you got to try to confront. You always just you know you never want to take unreasonable risks. All right, and the final, uh, the final of the five questions is who is an honored person. Who is an honored person? The answer is one who honors. What the heck does that mean? You know, in martial arts, begins, you know, it's really about respect. It begins and ends with respect. And I see oftentimes that people have been training for a long time, they kind of sometimes demand respect from their students. You know, there's a... Uh, uh, you know, I think it comes from Karate Kid. Bow to your sensei, right? Oh, actually, that's not. That's Napoleon Dynamite. There you go. Uh, a, a great a classic film, by the way. Uh, but in that scene, the whole idea is a lot of times uh, high-level martial artists will get to a point to where their, you know, their ego is out of control, and they kind of feel like, hey, everybody needs to respect me. I've been doing this a long time. I'm this high level of a black belt, and and you know, I think what's important is 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 if you want to have respect, the first thing you have to do is you have to give respect, right? And that's the key thing, and and. Uh, and it, it, it's obvious, but sometimes the, it's an important reminder. And, and what I, there's so many people that I look up to and, and admire. There's a couple people I want to, I just kind of shout out to. One of them is, of course, uh, uh, Master Ernie Reyes, uh, uh, who is just an amazing martial artist. But what's so cool about this guy is this guy's so accomplished. He's done so much. 
uh, in so many different areas. But if you talk to him, he's the most approachable, respectful person you'll ever meet. And he really makes you feel good. I like being around him. Another gentleman uh, is a gentleman, his name is uh, Professor uh, Pedro Sauer. He's a super high-level Brazilian jiu-jitsu practitioner. If you ever meet Professor Sauer, it's like he makes you feel important. It's so easy to like him because he sincerely likes those around him. And they're such good role models. And so, you know, what do we want to do, man, when we meet somebody for the first time is that, is you know, I would like if, if I meet somebody, I want to do my best. I don't always get it right, okay? But I try to give you my undivided attention and to be sincerely interested. And what happens is is that, at first off, you, you get to you get to see how cool so many people are, number one. But number two is when you do that, it just makes it a whole lot easier for them to like and appreciate uh, uh, you. There's, there's a gentleman who's a uh, another martial artist, his name is Professor Hikata Laborio. He started American Top Team, uh, just an amazing jiu-jitsu practitioner and uh, another super nice guy. And I remember one time years ago, I was at the Super Show in Las Vegas and, and he was, uh, I was, a, it was at a speaker's luncheon and uh, he was speaking and I'd never met him before and he was sitting at a table talking with Higgin Machado and there's, and I'd met Higgin before, which he's a super cool guy as well. And I'm looking over there and I go, man, there's Hikata Laborio. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, so I gotta build up my courage uh, you know, to go say hi to him. And I, and I, and I walk up and before I can say it, him, he walks up and he puts his hand and goes, Dave Kovar, how are you? It's so nice to meet you, man. I love your stuff. I've learned a lot about teaching from watching your videos. And man, I was, I, I was kind of startled. It's like Hikaru Laborio knew who I was. Not only that, you know, he likes me. I like this guy. That's what I thought, you know, <laughs> and it's so uh, common for us when we go out of our way to be that person that, that is, is respectful and polite to others. Boy, it, it just makes it, it's so, it's so much easier to get that back the other way. And so here's what I want you to kind of think through. Okay. Imagine if you would, the five questions and, uh, and we're going to go through them one more time in case you didn't write them down. Who is a mighty person? The answer is one who has control of their emotions and can make friends of their enemies. The second one is who is a rich person? One who appreciates all they have. The third one is who is a wise person? One who learns from everyone. The fourth one is who is a brave, brave person? One who is smart enough to be afraid but takes action anyway. And the final one, who is an honored person? One who honors. So I'd strongly, if any of these make sense to you, I'd strongly uh, uh, have you consider adopting those in some form of your daily ritual. You know, that you might uh, take a question a, a day, one of those, and think, all right, am I right now, am I mighty? Yeah, am I controlling my emotion? Am I going on my way to make friends of enemies and making the best of a bad situation? And then be introspective and real. Give yourself real feedback, all right? And, and when you do this, what happens? If you were to take one one day and one the next, and when you get through all five, you started the process over. What you'll notice is over time, you'll start improving. And, you know, Ben, ben Franklin, Benjamin Franklin, uh, one of our founding fathers in America, uh, you know, had what he called the 13 virtues. And these were 13 virtues that if he felt like if he lived with all these virtues, he'd be living the ultimate life. But he couldn't practice them all at the same time. So what he would do, he'd practice one of these virtues uh, for, uh, for four weeks, right? Uh, and then once he felt like he had that one down, he'd add another one. And he'd do that for four weeks and another one. And what he found is after he's working on about three virtues, when he added the fourth he'd have to let one go. So, you know, he was always kind of letting one go, not focusing on that and add another. But what he found is after a year, he'd be back to the beginning and he'd start over. But when he'd start over with a, one of the virtues, maybe it was thrift or reverence or uh, 
whatever the virtues might have been or humility, he'd find he was at a whole nother level. Well, I see these five questions being the exact same way, right? So over time, you look back and realize, hey, you know what? I am mightier than I was uh, uh, three months ago. Hey, I'm braver than I was before. And and what these do, they allow you to be living on purpose so you're improving. And that's really, uh, you know, uh, you know, all we can do, right, is, is, is strive to, to improve and contribute. And, it's, and, and how we can best serve society is having us be at our best. And part of us being at our best is, is always striving to improve where we're at. So those are my thoughts. And, and uh, I appreciate you tuning into this podcast. If you enjoyed it, please tell your friends. And uh, um, I look forward to hearing from you soon. And, and if you have anything we can do as far as helping you grow your, uh, your business, uh, please look us up at Kovar Systems. And also one last thing, if you haven't already, man, go to Amazon.com and check out a couple of our books. .com? Yeah, there we go. .com. And uh, uh, a book, if you enjoy the, this, this podcast, you might enjoy uh, my book called Brief Moments of Clarity. And I have a couple of those others there as well. So I'm going to uh, tune off now or check out. Thank you for being here, and I'll see you next time. Bye-bye.